boys it's cole and trent coming at you live for week three projections and matchups had an interesting week two uh cole's happy because lamar jackson continues to be a stud and the buccaneers are one and one so i'm happy we're going to get into the matchups but first we have the defensive and offensive players of the week for week two and we're going to start with the offense so cole take it away all right boys how's it going Offensive player of the week this week. Outside of QB, we got wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Demarcus Robinson had a 32-point game for Dylan. He had six receptions on six targets for 172 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty much at any point during the season, it seems like any of those Kansas City wide receivers can go absolutely bonkers at any given time. Of course, against the Raiders secondary there, it was kind of a given that somebody was going to have a good game. It just happened to be Robinson this week. Unfortunate for Cole, Tyreek Hill is the only wide receiver that hasn't gone off for the Chiefs yet. Soon. <laughs> and uh, starting with the defensive player of the week for week two is Jamie Collins, owned by yours truly. Uh, pretty interesting scenario here. I started Jamie Collins due to the fact that C.J. Mosley didn't play. So I lucked out. He had three tackles. One for loss, and of course the two interceptions, one being a pick six in the route of the Miami Dolphins. So I was very excited that C.J. Mosley didn't play this week. Get well soon, C.J. Mosley. Can't wait to have you back. But thank you for letting Jamie Collins take over in week two. Cole, we are going to start our week three projection, projections rather with, I'm sorry, week three matchups with Myself, the Honolulu Hightide, versus Jabir, the Atlanta Sharks. So let us know what you think. Well, uh, Jabir just made a massive trade. That was yesterday with Aaron, as we all know, ended up actually shipping off Michael Thomas there. Big boy moves. So his wide receiver core just took a bit of a downgrade here. So at the moment, he's starting Larry Fitzgerald and Tyler Lockett. He's also starting Evan Ingram and Jimmy Graham at tight ends. We'll see if Graham can put up any points for him this week. But uh, when it comes to his third wide receiver slot, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Probably going to be A.J. Brown if I had to guess. Your team has been rolling so far. Uh, won the first game by, like, what, 90 points. Second game, almost just as much. So as long as your running backs can kind of pipe it up a little bit more to keep up with the wide receivers going because Chris Godwin's been going crazy. Uh, Belichick had a big game last week, obviously points-wise against Miami. He'll probably have a, a lot of points this week against the Jets as well. So I would, uh, if I had to guess, probably guess that your team's going to come away with the victory this week, probably just based off the fact that Jabir is kind of hurting a wide receiver at the moment. Yeah, I would um, have to agree with that. I think I do have the slight advantage in this matchup just because of the wide receiver position. Um, Jabir obviously looking to build towards the future in that trade, um, acquiring A.J. Brown and getting rid of Thomas. So um, like you said already, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the wide receiver three position, whether that's going to be Pettis or 
Sanu. It could even be Sanu, honestly. Pettis, Sanu, or A.J. Brown. So going to be interesting to see what he does. He currently has 19 players uh, on the starting roster, which is why I'm projected to win by 47. So that margin's obviously going to be cut down by a little. But yeah, looking to continue to uh, roll and hopefully go 3-0. So Cole, if you're looking at Jabir's roster, who is one player you're projecting to go off this week? I had to pick anybody for Jabir at the moment. Uh, honestly, su- uh, surprisingly for me, it would probably be Larry Fitzgerald. I thought he was going to be kind of done this year. Is He's on his way out the door there, obviously getting older every day. He's in his age 36 season, moving a little bit slower every week, it seems like. But the uh, the new air raid offense, Kyler Murray has rejuvenated him. So he's getting a, a lot of yardage out there in Arizona. I think he's uh, top 10 in air yards right now as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game against Carolina. But it's pretty crazy to see him after the last two years of that offense just looking like crap out in the desert. And now he's making a comeback of sorts. So I would expect him to have a good game. He's had two solid games in order to start the year off. Wouldn't be surprised if he popped off again this week. Yeah, I agree. Kyler Murray's definitely making, making him feel young again. Um, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, just looking at his roster. Uh, Damian Williams didn't practice today. So he may be hurting there for a running back three. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. Keep, keep a close eye on that. May see a situation where he starts an extra wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I like my chances in that. And uh, sorry, Jabir, injuries are rolling in for the guy. We have to mention real quick before we go on to the next game, this actually is the highest spread that we've seen out of all the games so far this year as Jabir is projected to lose to Trent by 47.9 points. So pretty sizable difference there. If Jabir was here, I would tell him I'm sorry, but he's not, so I can't say sorry. Moving on, we have... The Toronto Tauntauns versus the Scarrow Spiders. Cole, who do you like in this matchup? It's kind of a toss-up for me in this one. Um, we'll have to see what Jason can do now that he lost Michael Gallup for a few weeks due to injury at receiver. He's going to be starting Diggs and Robert Woods, obviously. He's probably going to have to throw out John Ross there in the starting lineup or Mecole Hardman, so we'll see if they can do anything in their respective games there as Michael Gallup's played pretty well this year. Uh, for running back, he said Derrick Henry has been a complete stud this year to start off. Mark Ingram's been pretty good. Todd Gurley's been okay. But uh, Derrick Henry has been an absolute stud there for Jason. And then on Tony's side, he's going to have to figure out what he's going to do at QB this week as Roethlisberger went down to a season-ending injury. Chubb is kind of coming into his own here. His first two games, he's gotten better with each week. And the coaches came out today and said he wanted to get Chubb the ball some more. McCaffrey's McCaffrey. He's going to be starting Chris Thompson as a flex play. And then tight end for Tony is going to be a uh, an interesting spot here for a few weeks until Chris Herndon can get back. He's probably going to have to start Adam Shaheen again, so we'll see if he can kind of break a few points here because that's all he's hoping for in these first few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, the quarterback position because right now Tony is only a 20-point underdog. So the obvious answer would have been, oh, Big Ben's hurt, let's put in Eli Manning. 
but just recent news, Daniel Jones will be the starting quarterback week three against Tampa Bay. So he does have some youth there in Mason Rudolph and Gardner Minshew. Um, if I'm in Tony's shoes, I would probably start Minshew just for the fact that I probably like the matchup against Tennessee a little bit more than San Francisco. But that's for Tony to decide, not me. Um, but I think if he can get solid quarterback play, and by solid I mean anywhere in between 17 and 23 points, I like Tony in this matchup. Yeah, just based off the wide receiver three that uh, Jason's going to have to play this week, I'm probably going to go with Tony as well to get his first victory. Dubs for Tony, dubs for Tony. On to the next one here. We're going to move to the Paladins and the Wendagos. And for this week, the Paladins are favored by 9.5 points against the Wendagos. We'll have to see what Aaron can roll out at running back here as he's going to be starting Carlos Hyde and Miles Sanders. So you can just hope for him that Miles Sanders kind of has his coming out game of sorts here. And we also mentioned that Aaron had acquired Michael Thomas in a trade, so he's going to be toting out a really crazy stack of wide receivers here. Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Dee Westbrook. And then Mark Andrews has been having a great year. He's currently the tight end one two weeks in. So Aaron just needs a little bit from those running backs. He should be able to get his first victory here. And then for Nick Starting at wide receiver, DJ Chark, Corey Davis, and Allen Robinson, hoping that Mariota can get Davis a little bit more involved this week. Carry on, James Conner, LaShawn McCoy, who's currently injured, and Sony Michelle at running back for him this week. So hopefully McCoy is not too injured. He needs some points in the running back spot there to keep up with Aaron's wide receivers. Yeah, if uh, Darius Geis comes back anytime soon, healthy, and Melvin Gordon stops holding out, uh, and we see that emergence of Miles Sanders. This this Aaron's team could be could definitely be scary in the near future. Uh, as alluded to already, the Michael Thomas trade giving him Hopkins, Allen, and Thomas. Um, that's a pretty big three at the position. But unfortunately for Aaron, we're talking about this week and not the future. And I do think Nick wins this game um, just because James Conner, Carrion Johnson. Sony Michelle, and then we don't know about McCoy's health quite yet. But um, I just think the Carlos Hyde, Miles Sanders running back tandem is probably the worst in the league right now. And running back is the most important position in fantasy football. So I don't see Aaron pulling it out this week. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that as well. Just the discrepancy in the running back points is going to be too much to overcome. Overall, I mean, the tight end spread might be able to go in Aaron's favor by a ton here as it's going to be Mark Andrews against Mike Gusecki, but having good games out of Connor and carry on and Sony should be like even one of them, if they have a decent game, should be able to score more than Sanders and Hyde combined. So I feel like Nick's going to come out with this game, probably not with a large margin of victory, but enough just there's, big discrepancies in the different positions here. So it just depends on who has a good week, really. I mean, you could say that about anything, but this game's kind of a toss-up, but I'll go with Nick. Yeah, I might need fact-checked on this one, but interesting to note that uh, this matchup is not only a matchup of managers, but also head coaches. So someone's going to have positive and someone's going to have negative. 
Oh man, that's gonna affect the decision of who's playing who now. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think yeah. We've already said it. I think Nick's team is probably not the heaviest favorite, but I'm giving him the slight edge this week solely because of the running back position. But as we already said too, Aaron's wide receiver group is probably now the best in the league. So if all three of those guys go off, it could be a big day for Aaron. Next up, we have Cole, the Phoenix Wildfire, and Devin, the Metropolis Magicians, chasing off in week three. Listed right now, Devin is a 17-point favorite. Cole, how do you feel about that? Eh, I mean, I'm uh, currently not starting one spot. I have to figure out where that is on my roster. I think it's defensive flex. Yeah, I'm not missing a flex right now, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the running backs that he's toting out are obviously scary as usual. I know Josh Jacobs is injured, so I'll have to wait and see what happens. Quarterback's pretty even in this matchup. It's Lamar Jackson against Dak Prescott again, so that should kind of be a bulk as Dallas is playing Miami, so they obviously have no defense, so that should be a good game for Dak. Uh, receiver, Curtis Samuel, Kenny Galladay, Randall Cobb, AB for him against OBJ, Marquise Brown, and Brandon Cooks. I'm feeling really good about Marquise Brown stepping in and playing decent as a, a Tyreek Hill replacement in my lineup, so that's pretty solid. And then OJ Howard against Noah Fant as of this moment. Seems like that's kind of a wash because of the way O.J. Howard has been getting targets, but hopefully he can turn it on at some point in the near future. So this game's going to be close. So before I talk about your game, we're going to backtrack a second here. Uh, tell the audience about how much sweat was rolling down your face after your less-than-one-point victory last week against Nick. Oh, it was pretty sketchy. I was... <laughs> I was watching, uh, actually trying not to bite my nails. I was sitting at my desk. Uh, I had to turn in an assignment that night online, but I was occupied with the game. And uh, I, of course, Schobert would have an awesome game that night. And I remember uh, stepping in the shower and then popping out and seeing he had a forced fumble and suddenly he had another five points and thinking, oh, great. And then just watching the uh, the last Jets possession before the game ended, just praying that he wouldn't get a tackle because that would have been it right there. But yeah, that was a that was a close one, and feeling fortunate to come out with a dub on that. Yeah, shout out Nick for being our uh, first less than one point victory in dynasty history. So, but anyway, we fast forward to our matchup this, or not our matchup, but your matchup this week, uh, Devin's one of the four remaining undefeated teams left in the league. And I'm going to give the slight quarterback edge to you, Cole, just because Kansas City's defense hasn't been all in all too impressive this year. And I think this game could end up between Baltimore and Kansas City could be a shootout. Um, Miami is obviously not proving anything, but just Lamar Jackson, I think you got to ride the hype train a little bit more with him right now. Um, running back... I'm going to give to Devin just because of Dalvin Cook. Josh Jacobs, we don't know 100% yet, but if he's healthy, I kind of like that one-two punch right now. Um, a little bit better than Mixon and Jones just because Mixon really hasn't showed up too much. Yeah, he hasn't proved anything yet this year, which has been incredibly disappointing. But I saw that he was a full practice uh, today, so hopefully he can get through the week without any type of setbacks. 
Yeah, and Aaron Jones could pop off again. You never know. It was pretty crazy watching the Packers game last week, how they were up, I think, 21 nothing in the first quarter and then didn't score again or ended up winning the game with 21 points or didn't score again until the fourth quarter. So, um, and then wide receiver, I would say I'm going to give the edge to you just because Odell and Cooks continue to be um, top receivers and the emergence of Marquise Brown, obviously, with the success of Lamar. So, right now, what did we say? It was a 17-point spread. Yeah, I think once you plug in your 20th player, it's obviously going to get a little closer. Um, but I'm going to give Cole on the upset, and Devin will no longer be undefeated. I'm going to opt to not go with the bad juju by picking myself and say that Devin's going to win. So that's that. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on to the next one here. We got the Duckies versus the Grovers. The Duckies, one of the only undefeated teams left. And the Grovers, one of the only teams that has yet to win a game. And he addressed that today by actually uh, trading for Aaron Rodgers from Joey. So if he gets a little bit more at the quarterback position as Kirk Cousins has struggled to start off the year, he actually shipped him out. So we'll see what happens with this one here at the running back position. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Devin Singletary potentially not going to play this week for the Duckies, so we may have to plug someone else in there. Uh, Terry McLaurin's looked like an awesome pick for him. Not sure exactly which run he got Terry McLaurin in in the rookie draft. Again, I know it was late, though, so that's going to be one of the better picks from the rookie draft. He's producing solid wide receiver one numbers, actually, right now. It's pretty surprising for uh, Dan there out in Washington. Yeah, I agree with the Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, I think the Grovers addressed their 0-2 concerns um, by getting a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL. Um, So just having that added punch and knowing that security, knowing that you have Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins um, is a little bit better. Um, Wide receiver matchup. Uh, if Julio doesn't pop off again, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Grovers just because Evans has been a little bit quiet this year, um, kind of sitting in the shadows of Godwin. Um, Edelman sitting in the shadows of Brown. So I'm expecting big games from those guys, kind of letting themselves reintroduce themselves a little bit. And then Cooper and DJ Moore continue to be solid. Um, going to be interesting to see what Moore's production does, though, with Newton not playing. And, yeah, I think the Grovers finally get their first win, all thanks to the trade for Aaron Rodgers and supporting cast. Yeah, this is actually, I agree, going to be a really, really close game here. It's going to, again, depend on the running back position here. Austin Eckler has been going crazy for Dan so far to start the year. Hopefully he can ride that train out until Melvin Gordon comes back, and then I would expect Elvin Kamara to have a bit of a bounce-back game this week against Seattle. But, Zeke is playing against Miami this week, so that should be a bloodbath for him. And I feel like it's probably going to put him over the top there for the Grovers, as well as you mentioned, Mike Evans is going to eventually resurface here as a fantasy superstar. And then DJ Moore has been quietly getting a ton of targets, and he's racking up a pretty decent chunky yardage here. I don't think he scored a touchdown yet, but he's on pace for around 1,400 yards this year. So I'm going to give the slight edge to the Grovers, but I think that it's going to be a really close game in the end. Yep. Grovers right now are a 23-point favorite, so obviously some roster changes and moving around that both of them have to do, but I think we can agree that we both give the slight edge to the Grovers in a close one. And then moving to our final matchup of the week, we have the undefeated 
Omaha Hawks and the Boston Clams. Hawks came away with a victory last week against the Grovers, winning by seven points, riding on another Patrick Mahomes just beast mode game. It's looking like that pick in the first round was worth the uh, the investment there, as he looks like he could potentially outperform last year, which is actually crazy. I think Mahomes is on pace to actually do that at the moment. Hawkinson had a bit of a slower week this week, but that's kind of expected. He had that crazy week one. Rookie tight ends usually aren't the best performers. And then Travis Kelsey probably going to end up scoring a touchdown against the Ravens this week. So again, this is going to come down to for the Hawks. If the wide receiver core of Sutton and Sanders can put up a few points, we know Ridley is going to get around 10 to 15 a week. Sammy's going to probably get around 10 to 15 again this week. So it just depends on if those Denver wideouts can have a decent game. And then on Joey's side, newly acquired QB, Kirk Cousins. We'll see if he can do anything against Oakland. It's a plus matchup, so maybe we'll, he can get some solid points out there against the Raiders. Saquon, Saquon playing against Tampa Bay. Although Tampa Bay's defense has looked pretty good this year. Receiving core for Joey Washington and Smith-Schuster both against the 49ers. So we'll see if he can actually get any points out of that duo there. Yeah, this matchup is definitely interesting because there's a lot of what-ifs. The first being, what if the Chiefs' offense goes cold at any point this season? Um, But they also have a tough matchup against Baltimore. It's not likely to happen, but relying on Mahomes for a lot of points and Kelsey and Watkins, that's a big part of the offense for Ryan. And then having Smith-Schuster in Washington, in Joey's case, um, with Mason Rudolph, we'll have to see how their production is affected. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge to Ryan this week just because um, I like the Mahomes versus Cousins matchup. And I think um, as long as the Chiefs offense continues to do what they would do, Ryan's always in a great position to win. One thing that does concern me is Jordan Howard, um, especially with the way that they're continuing to implement Miles Sanders into the offense. So maybe a future concern for him. So I am going to give the slight running back edge to Joey just because he has Saquon Barkley, but I like the Hawks in a close one. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Hawks this week. So that's a double favor for the Hawks. We'll see if he can come out the victory as the favorite. Going to be a good week. All right, Trent. So what's your upset, your lock, and your game of the week? All right, so I'm going to start with my game of the week, which we just talked about. It's going to be Joey versus Ryan, Clans versus Hawks. I think that's going to be a really close game, but I'm giving the slight edge to the Hawks. Um, My upset of the week is going to be Cole over Devin, and that's just based on spread. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. And my lock of the week is going to be myself over the Sharks. So my game of the week is going to be the Duckies against the Pine Grove Grovers. I think you've got a lot of really equal matchups across the board at each position. So that's going to be a really fun game to see how it plays out there. It should be a barn burner, that one. My upset of the week is going to be the Toronto Tauntauns over the Scar Spiders. I'm picking against you again this week, Jason, so we'll see how that goes. And then my lock of the week is going to be the High Tide against the Atlanta Sharks. I just think the spread of 
wealth that we have for the high tide at the positions that matter at running back and wide receiver is just going to be too much for the Sharks to handle, and he's going to come out with the victory on that one. All right, boys, there you have it. That is our week three preview. Thank you for listening. Remember to get those rosters set. Thursday night football starts tonight. Cole, cue music. Have a good night, guys.